This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of the Startup Diary. Today we have Dan Cooperill in the hot seat for 600 seconds of rapid fire questions. You'll hear more about being a systematic and profitable financial advisor from Dan tomorrow. But for now, please enjoy the 600 seconds with Dan Cooperill. Dan, I have 600 seconds on the clock. Are you ready for question one? Let's fire away. What is the one thing you know now that you would tell the 18-year-old version of yourself? That I'm not as smart as I thought I was. It's amazing how many people say that, by the way. I think that's a real, <laughs> bet. It's a real big lesson. Oh, and, 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 and my parents were right. That's another one. <laughs> uh, what's your number one favorite piece of software that people need to know about? QuickBooks. Um, you know, too often we, we put the responsibilities of managing our profitability in the hands of our accountants. I'm amazed how many accountants don't even keep it current. Uh, you don't have to be your own bookkeeper, but you do have to have that information. And it's, it's even if, look, even if you don't like accounting, uh, it, it's so easy. And um, I, have prob- I should have an affiliation with them. I don't, but I have sold so many of their programs over the years. Love that. And guys, uh, to Dan's point there, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to know your profit. And we talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. We talk about profit first mindset. So enjoy tomorrow's show. Um, Dan, what would you rather give up? Google Maps or Netflix? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. I'd have to give up Google Maps in hopes that there would be some... Listen, I'm old enough to remember real maps with paper, so I could do that. But, um, you know, I, I got to have Ozark when that comes out every year. So I'm, I'm going to have to give up Google Maps. So interesting. So by the way, Dan, nothing about it. I know, I know physical maps. I was raised in a yeah. transport business. I used to spend my childhood reading maps around. I the used to UK. love the Atlas. In fact, we, we moved a lot as a kid and I would just sit there and study the Atlas to see where I was and what was close by. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for the analog way of doing things completely especially from an education point of view Um, talk about education what book do you most often gift or recommend to others you know i I got that question the other day and and there's a lot of them but the the one that i answered um is it's a book by milton friedman called free to choose and it was written in the 1970s and it's incredibly clairvoyant when you read it today but um it's it's in defense of capitalism and it's a book i wish every young person would read because i get a little concerned about people understand, um, you know, what their economic knowledge is today. And I don't want to get political, but capitalism is likely to feed a lot more people than any other system, despite its flaws. So uh, that's a great book. Milton Friedman's Free to Choose. Never read it. That's on my list. Oh, do. It's written for the layman. And in fact, after he wrote the book, he came out with a, um, a series on public broadcasting. And you can get that entire series on YouTube today. I have to check that out. Dan, who's had the largest impact in your life, taking family members and partners off the table? Wow, that's um, that's a tough one uh, for me to actually, um, you know, it. it I, the I hate first to get that sprung to your mind. I'm not going to let first you go. Right, the first person, and it, it's going to sound cliche, but it's probably true. Is Jesus? Um, that would be it. And obviously, I've never had a face to face encounter with him. But even when I went through my agnostic period in life, um, he was in the back of my mind. So I'm going to have to say Jesus. Like it. The, the, the gut, the gut reaction feeling is normally the right one. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, how did you make your first ever dollar? I was a telemarketer when I was in high school. Not after my own heart. I, I hated it. And I ultimately got fired because I wasn't very good at it. And I remember thinking later, 
am I not going to be a success in life because this is my first real job and I got canned. But um, I dealt, it's interesting, I dealt with call reluctance for a very long time and it wasn't until somebody challenged me to give $50 to a stranger was I able to get over that anxiety. I used to make 150 to 200 phone calls a day and loved every second. I used to you be the guy. You loved every second of it? I, I just go for the no. Get, get, get them on the phone, go for the no. Don't try and sell to the unsellable and then move on to the next one. It was an absolute volume play. That's why yeah. I cut my teeth. And then did door knocking, selling gas and electricity door to door. But this isn't about me. Wow. This is about you, Dan. Uh, Dan, in respect to your current business, how close have you been to quitting and why? Um, I haven't been close. 2008 was a challenging period for sure. Um, in fact, it was, it was so challenging that when we've gone through this COVID thing by comparison, it didn't even phase me. So I, I think if I, if I have one attribute for success, it's that I refuse to quit. I, I've always felt that uh, perseverance is the key. It, it's even more important than intelligence. I think that really smart people tend to be a little too introspective and they start to wonder why they didn't succeed and they actually fail because of it. Um, those of us with lesser brains actually don't think too much about it. We just move on. So um, I'd like to say I really never thought about that. Do you know one of the key nuggets there for anyone listening right now and you're going through COVID, what I just heard was 2008 was a training ground for Dan and, oh, yeah. and COVID, it was a breeze. So if you're struggling right now, just be proud of yourself. You've got through it because the next time the world falls apart, you're going to be ready, guys. This is just training for you. Absolutely. Dan, what is your top productivity hack to get shit done? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the bullet journal. So if you've ever read Ryder Carroll's book, The Bullet Journal, um, I'm, you know, I've always been a creator of lists. Problem is I had too many lists and I started to lose them. Um, I have a basically a daily habit and I start every day listing out what is essential for today. And if I didn't get anything done today, it carries over to the next day, but it's all in one little bullet journal. And um, that, and the other thing is, I work in an uh, undisturbed environment. So when I need to get something done, I don't multitask. My brain can't multitask. In fact, most brains can't multitask. Not, you lose energy as you try to transfer from task to task. Um, but people leave me alone when I need to get stuff done. As a result, I get it done very quickly. Yeah, lo love that. Just out of curiosity, when, when you're doing your bullet journal, how do you stay... This is just a personal hack because mm -hmm. I tried this, but I, I found myself not checking in with what I told myself in the morning. So I'd say, here's the important things that I need to get done. And yeah. then I'd, I'd then look at it at nine o'clock at night and be like, I didn't get any of that done. How do you yeah. keep that top of mind? Okay. Now that's a great question. I actually use index cards. So whatever I wrote in the bullet journal, I then carry an index card with me and it has those those eight or nine items on there and never leaves my side. And then I just start Xing them off as I go. And then I go back or, you know, if you get a bull joint small enough, you can just, as long as you have it out with you, that's fine. But I use index cards to basically transfer that information over. I can't op, I do not operate well using a digital to-do list. Um, I need it to be analog for my brain to work well. I like that. And keeping it present in front of you is probably a really good little shout. Yeah. Dan, cryptocurrency, future or fad? I'm going to go with fad. I'm telling you, governments are not giving up their control of, of money supply. So, and, you know, again, this in my world here, when I look at the fact that it really is a currency that's highly supported by illegal activity, I just think that there's going to be, governments aren't just going to sit back forever. So uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. 
But currency is weird if you think about it. What is currency? I, uh, yeah. So it's a belief I, system and nothing more, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with fad. Like that. And I think uh, the caveat to that, probably from, from my side, is uh, fad, but the underlying technology with blockchain future yeah i think well, that's the interesting thing probably so and i think we're going to go where we're not going to have money anyway not, i mean not in a tangible form I mean, we're already seeing that here in the u.s we have a coin shortage at the moment don't I, I i don't understand where the coins go i guess they retired so many of them but we literally have a coin shortage so you go to certain places if you're not playing with a credit card you're not huh? going to be buying anything and what's your favorite thing to do outside of work i love to fly fish it's a huge hobby of mine for trout Nice. I'm, I'm getting into the outdoor world myself a little bit at the moment. Well, where you are, you can, there's some wonderful fly fishing for salmon. So I would highly encourage you to consider that because you, you live in a very special place, especially as you head north. I did not know that. Every day yeah. and, uh, and Ireland as well. Ireland's got some fabulous places too. Dan, if you had to be the CEO of another company, which company would you drop yourself into? Oh, I can have anyone. It would definitely have to be um, a sports um, franchise of some sort. Um, I probably would be an NFL team if I, you know, National Football League, so American Football, if I if I could be a CEO of anything, just because I enjoy sports so much. What's your favorite team? So I have many, but when it comes to football, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, educate me on this, and this is an absolute. Mm -hmm. If you, uh, I guess you like sports, you like basketball. I do. Uh, me and my wife are now trying to pick a basketball. I've, I've just subscribed to NBA, yeah. uh, the NBA Pass. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Which team do you follow, and why? So I follow the Indiana Pacers. And the reason I do that is because my son went to college in Indiana and I bought season tickets as a way to see him regularly when he was in college and then when he moved. So if you go to enough home games of any team, that becomes your team. Now, I grew up as a New York Knicks fan and I lived in Chicago when the Bulls were playing and Michael Jordan was there. But, but now I live and die by the Pacers. They made the playoffs, right? I, I mean, the they did, action. but for the second year in a row, we got swept out. And we just gave our coach an extension, and then they fired him. So ah. <laughs> nice. You get a, like a four-year extension, and you get canned. So you still get paid. Ah, not the end of the world. Uh, yeah. Dan, I'm going to end on this one. Uh, as we draw to a close, I like to give people at least 20 seconds for this one. What do you want your legacy to be, Dan? That I was kind to other people. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what matters. I know it sounds really cliche, but um, it's so easy to, uh, to be, get caught up in your own world. And, you know, I'd like people, I'd like a full funeral. I'll put it to you that way. I, I, <laughs> I'd like people to say, you know what? He was a kind person. He actually cared about me. And, um, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe he was a little misunderstood because I think people sometimes perceive me as being a little different than I really am. I'm so tempted to unpack. Actually, Sada, I'm at another minute. What do you mean by that last comment? Because I, it resonates with me so hard in terms of being misunderstood and wanting to clear the air. Like, what did you mean by that, Dan? Well, being a somewhat driven person, there's a perception mm -hmm. that I'm hard and sometimes not so nice. And the people who know me well, um, I, a lot of them would, would tell you to the contrary. And it's funny because when I meet somebody who knows of me for the first time, that's usually one of the first things they say is, boy, you're a lot different than I thought you would be. I thought, well, you thought I was going to be like a jerk or something. Well, you know, there was this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, I, um, when I'm focused, I'm focused, but I, I'd like to believe at the end of the day, I, I've been kind, but we're all imperfect. I just feel guilty about it sometimes. 
Uh, yeah, I think I could probably extend this. We'll get some time on the couch here and I can explain. It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dan, that, that's the end of our Citroen Seconds with the segment. Guys, if you are listening to this show, please don't forget to tune in tomorrow where myself and Dan go into some really interesting topics around profitability and thinking in a profit um, profit first mindset. We talk about the importance of systems in a business uh, and how Dan's uses 20 years in a career uh, to actually move into a... He he pushes back on the word coaching, but a uh, a product productized service based business where he packages up his authority and then sells it as a service uh, in a systemized way. Uh, and if that sounds something like you're interested in, don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Adam, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm.